This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Whoa, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he played. Oh, he's the Hello and welcome to the only podcast for every non-FBS team in the state of Texas. This week we'll preview SFA hosting Austin P. Abilene Christian is traveling to meet Central Arkansas. And Texas Wesleyan hosts St. Thomas in a huge battle between NAIA top 25 teams. I am Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. That's at C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E Sports. And find my work at TexasFootball.com. Joining me again this week is Riley Zayas. He is one of the foremost experts in Division Three athletics. He's not becoming. He is now. That's right. That, that He's already accomplished that in the first four weeks. Uh, you can find Riley's account on Twitter at Zayas Riley at Z-A-Y-A-S-R-I-L-E-Y, all one word. In addition, though, find him on truetothecrew.com. That's where you're going to find everything you need to know about Mary Harden Baylor Athletics. Find on the social media channels, truetothecrew.com. It's one word, T-R-U-E, to the crew, C-R-U.com. Check it out. Visit the guy. He has great stuff. Riley, how are you doing, man? We're we're three weeks in. We are. It's hard to believe, right? I mean, this season is is fl- flying by. It sure seems like. And no, I'm doing well, man. It's it's been uh it's been a, a fun last couple of weeks getting back into into college football and so many great matchups. I mean, you and I have both uh, been in person at some really really good games the last couple of weeks. So. I feel uh, I feel thankful for that and having a front row seat to see some of these these great games here in the state of Texas. Oh, you bet! It is so much fun to travel around. Abilene last week was awesome. You know what's crazy, Riley? Is uh, next week we're going to start talking about halfway through the season. Right, right. It, it, it feels like we're still talking about preseason predictions, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of that weird time of the year where now we're starting to realize, okay, we have you know most of these teams have played three games at minimum they played two with a bye week and so yeah it's definitely an interesting time here in the in the college football world okay so this is one of those weeks when after three weeks is when I feel like I really start to know a team is there a team out there that maybe you still feel like you don't know enough about yet yeah you know there's a couple that come to mind I mean one being ETBU I think for me Seems like they have a lot of of talent there from what we've seen in spurts, right? But it doesn't seem like I've seen a consistency where you can count on them coming out with a certain kind of, you know, uh, rhythm and, and tempo and things like that. They're still obviously trying to figure things out. You see that with a couple of teams with first-year uh, coaches. But, you know, there's certainly been been quite a few as well that it seems like we, we know quite a bit about. They've kind of affirmed what we expected UIW being one you saw them play, uh, you know, last weekend and, and you know, another team that we're going to talk about uh, today with with Steve F. Austin, both those teams have really stuck out to me as teams where, 
they've they've lived up to those preseason expectations to a, to a very high degree. It's interesting that you say ETBU because I don't know if you caught uh, Coach Ruzika's post game that they put on Twitter after that, but uh, they had a really rough game last week, and he he you could tell he was ready to just let go, and he was very calm and reserved in what he said, but he was clear. It's gut check time. For the Tigers. And when I contacted, I gave him a couple of days. Riley, I didn't like immediately start shooting texts at Coach Rue. I was like, he needs a little time. Uh, but when I did start texting him, I asked him what he meant by, you know, how, what was that gut check going to entail? Because it could mean it could mean a lot of different things. And he told me it's the coaching staff. It's making sure that everything is done. It's the players making sure you do everything right. I, I mean, he is really buckling in and it it truly is gut check time how much do you want to win at east texas baptist i think that's just it's incredible but my goodness to be there after three weeks man i feel for coach rue right now yeah and, and you know obviously wisconsin oshkosh a good good program but they're not the only ones going through it i mean i think you're gonna see a couple of these teams uh and more than a couple i mean there's actually quite a few when you start to look at it they're going through similar and certainly hope uh that that they can start to to find a little bit of a rhythm and, and remember, I mean, a lot of that coaching staff is new uh, and, and, you know, there are new positions and new roles. And so there's some adjustment that has to go into that. There is another team. Mary Harn Baylor is 0-3, Riley. They are 0-3 for the first time in program history, but I want to be careful here. I put out a piece on the blitz today. Should we be concerned? Are they still the favorite to win the ASC? Look, Riley, at the end of the day, yes, they're 0-3. And no, none of us expected them to be in this position. But the teams they lost to are currently ranked number 4, 6, and 7 in the D3football.com poll. And now on top of that, UMHB, you were there, so I'm gonna, I want to get your, your vantage point on it. But it seems to me that UHB has improved night and day from that opening game in River Falls that was not good they probably feel they should have beat Whitewater. This team has improved a ton already. They really have. That's a great way of putting it. You put, you know, you put that in, in your piece earlier and, and it was well said. You know, as someone who's who's covered this team, I've been at all three games in person. So I've kind of had a front row seat to see all three of their performances thus far. The River Falls performance compared to what we saw on Saturday against UW Whitewater. It was literally night and day when it just comes to the little things, right? The 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 mistakes that they were making against River Falls were, were completely avoidable. And I think they understood that. They they figured them out. And and against you know Whitewater, they played a, a very, very good game that I think was was, you know, there weren't mistakes in it. You couldn't really go through and say these were the three mistakes that led to the loss. Really, it came down to you know, some some tough offensive possessions. There was a late fumble uh, that was a little bit controversial, recovered by Whitewater and kind of stalled out uh, one of UMHB's fourth quarter drives. But when you stop and consider the fact that it was a three-hour lightning delay before that game, which obviously throws off your internal clock and, and getting prepared for that game, uh, UMHB came out. Their defense looked really sharp, especially the offense started to, to kind of find some some rhythm. Uh, yeah, this is a UMHB team that is going to contend for the ASC title. There's no question about it. I still, ha I, I think they're still the favorite. 
I do. I, I know they're 0-3. I know they're not ranked. I, I don't – I think after what I've seen the last two weeks, they were improved against Trinity. They were much improved. And when I asked Harmon, I don't want to give away all of it. I want you to go read on TexasFootball.com, the Blitz. But when I asked him about it, he talked about it was technique. It was the little things is what they've learned. They're not right, going to out-athlete right. everyone when you play those good teams. That was the point behind his schedule. Wasn't the point to start 0-3. But let me tell you, I think this Mary Harden baylor team's a team to watch, especially if they do win the ASC and get in the playoffs. They're going to be a tough out. They will. They will. And we saw that from them in 2004, as Harmon talked about his press conference on Monday. And he certainly feels like they have the talent to uh, to make another deep run. And based on what we saw against Whitewater on Saturday, I certainly would think uh, think that's a possibility if they can continue to progress the way that they have. No doubt about it. We are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Megaphone, any platform you choose, we're out there. And when you like, share, and follow us and subscribe, that's how you help us grow. So please do that. We greatly appreciate it. Riley, our game of the week this week, we head out to Nacogdoches, 6 p.m. on Saturday night. Austin P. the Governor's. I don't know why I have that accent when I say it, but I, I can't say governors without it. I just, it's something inside me. They're heading out to face Stephen F. Austin. Uh, you know, I was, I just full disclosure, right before we started recording this, I was on the phone with uh, Colby Carthel, and um, he, he even mentioned it. This is probably the week we find out about the Lumberjack. It really is. I think it's one of those things where you look at the records and you say, well, you know, SFA comes in, they're two and one, right? They definitely have some momentum uh, with the way that they've been playing as of late. But then you look at Austin Pay P and, and you know, one and two record, right? But but look at who they played, right? They played Tennessee in Knoxville uh, and they did not, you know, the, the performance when you actually look at the stats was was a pretty decent performance from them, right? So this is a team that, record-wise, because of who they played, they might be one and two and sitting below 500. But in a lot of respects, I think they enter this matchup just as much of a you know contender and maybe even a favor in some people's eyes, uh, despite being on the road, because of the players that they have, the experience on the roster. This is going to be a really interesting matchup between two teams that I think have high expectations for this year. And uh, we've seen you know the, the performances play out for them through the first uh, a few games, especially in the last couple of weeks. And we've seen, again, improvement from them from week one to week three. And that's really notable in both of these teams. Look, SFA has has been much improved, and they are really playing good. They're playing complementary football. I was looking at stats today. They've got 27 first downs rushing, 27 first downs passing. They can do it running. They can do it passing. But let me warn you about Austin P. SFA – stops the run really well and in fact they're rated uh, as far as run defense goes they're second best in the conference right now but austin p doesn't run the ball like that it's rpos they're going to pass quick quick get it out screen passes sfa's pass rush needs to get there but here's the problem austin p with the competition they've played which included tennessee and southern illinois they are graded at 73.5 this year on pass blocking by pro football focus. 
that is a remarkable number. And that's the thing that I see as the key for the Lumberjacks on Saturday is finding a way to disrupt the rhythm of Austin P's offense and more specifically the quarterback. Right. The quarterback, Mike DeLiello, uh, you know, he's a guy, 72% completion percentage. Uh, you know, he comes in through for 900 plus yards. I think they got, you know, five receivers with a hundred plus receiving yards uh, at this point. They're just such a dynamic offense when it comes to throwing the football. And, and that's, that's going to be the thing that SFA, as you said, has to stop. They got to find a way to counter that. Because as we saw in a couple of their games, even the, the ones that they lost, you know, Southern Illinois game as well, uh, they, they came out and they were able to, to complete those short passes and move down the field. They weren't they weren't taking deep shots as often as they were just moving the ball. Uh, and then you know again with the RPO, you can you can you know add in a little bit of a, a couple of running plays in there, catch the defense off guard, and, and so that's going to be really something that SFA's defense is going to have to have to be prepared for. And I think that's going to be a key storyline in this one in determining, you know, who comes out with the win. You know, I'm going to give you credit, Riley. I left the quarterback's name alone, but not you, man. You went for it. And I, I give credit for that. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. The pronunciation, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He, someone will have to tell me how I, how I was on the pronunciation, but Hey, you got to give it a shot, right? You did. You got, I, I did, but you did. So I more credit to you on that. <laughs> Uh, our next game this week, it is another big-time game. We've got Abilene Christian at Central Arkansas. The Wildcats last week, Riley, I saw them against UIW. They got a little tired in the second half. Uh, Coach Patterson said that they had some injuries, um, some people banged up on the defensive line that kept them from being able uh, to get out there uh, and, and you kind of helped wear them down, I guess, in the second half. I honestly came away impressed with both teams from that game. Here's, if you're an Abilene Christian fan, I, you know what what we're going to talk about right now. There's a you you're going to tell me there's a problem in winning in winning one score games. I'm going to tell you there's not a problem in winning one-score games for Abilene Christian under Coach Patterson. I'm going to tell you there's a problem winning one-score games against top 25 opponents is what I'm going to tell you, right? Because when I went back and looked right. at who they had lost one-score games to, it was the WAC champion SFA. And at the time they played them earlier in the year, uh, on the road they were ranked then, right? Like these teams, UIW. These teams are, you go back and look, every team they've lost to, mostly on the road by one score, if they've lost it, it's because they're ranked. Abilene Christian is right there, Riley. They're, they have entered that conversation, and they really have a chance to prove it this week against the Central Arkansas squad that I think is still trying to find out some things about itself. I would totally agree with that. And, and, you know, the one thing I will add, you know, when you go back and you kind of look, you know, for me, I think that what, what felt like a big difference in that game for, for Abilene Christian against, you know, UIW, they gave up so much in the past, right? And I know both teams were going to the air. We kind of expected that. We talked about it last week. But, you know, 373 passing yards, I believe, is, is what they ended up giving up. That's that's a tough that's a tough thing, right? You, you need to, you need to come up with some of those big plays, especially late. 
And I think that that seemed to me to be a factor, maybe not the key difference, but a factor. And, you know, you looked a week before they gave up 301 rushing yards to, to preview A&M. You know, this is a, a defense that I think still has some room to grow. And I think that's going to be a key in keeping them in some of those one score games against top 25 opponents as you go along. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, this is a team that's right there knocking on the door. They have the talent to do so. Uh, the the offense has has been able to to be effective, right? And we've seen this over a couple of years now where it seems like they're they're trending in the right direction. And again, yeah, as you said, I think this is a, a very winnable game for ACU this week. I think so. Uh, you know, look, defensively, looking at pro football focus at uh, where Evelyn Christian is, they have a, they have trouble tackling. They have trouble right. stopping the run sometimes. And I think that's more because they got worn down. But what exactly. they do well on, on, the, on offense is they run block. 78.6 is the grade, and that is by far. I mean, second place in the conference is Stephen F. Austin with 57.2 grade run blocking the wildcats can run the ball the wildcats have the running backs I, i'm interested to see now going into this week if they kind of hang their hat they did against uiw it was a low scoring game we all sit there it was, man, it 10 was, to 10 yeah. right like 24 right. 14 it that's not the kind of game you expect that's the kind of game the wildcats have to play right now it really is and and you you bring up you know the run blocking i mean Jeremiah Dobbins there at running back. He's got 200-plus rushing yards. He's looked good uh, when, when he has the ball in his hands. Uh, this is a team that, that, again, the offense, I think, is very much there. And it's it was interesting, as you said, to see that final score. Uh, you know, I can't say – you know, it sounds odd to say that was low scoring, but it really was for kind of what we expected with how dynamic both offenses are. And I think that says a lot about, you know, AC's offense, not only for this week, but, but going through the rest of the year and, and how well that can serve them especially, you know, in conference play. It also says a lot about both defenses. I thought both defense. Now, look, they, they made plays. There were there were chances to score. There were chances for higher game, higher uh, points on the board, but there were interceptions in the end zone by both teams. There were turnovers. There was a, a you know, I know a lot of people at Abilene Christian, are they, are, they questioned, I heard it before the game even ended, as to first drive of the game. ACU takes nine minutes off of the clock. They go down, fourth down, it's fourth down and seven. And yeah. so they bring out the field goal team. Of An offsides was called on UIW. So that makes it fourth and two. And Coach Patterson said, you know what? We're going to get two yards. We're going to get, we're going to convert this. And they were down inside the 10. They did not get those two yards. But you know what? I want to play for a coach that says, you go get me two yards instead of says, I don't think you can do it, guys. I'm going to kick a field goal. That's how you win games, right? You got to be aggressive. You got to know when the right time is to to make some of those moves, call some of those, you know, fourth down plays. And I think that's something that I, I appreciate about his coaching style. I mean, he's not afraid to to keep the offense on the field and fourth down. And I think that's how you're going to win some of these games, you know, didn't necessarily go the way they wanted on that drive as, as you talked about there, but, uh, I think as as the season goes along, and and I think too, just the more times you run those types of plays, you know, you're gonna start to see some of those benefits more than just taking the conservative approach every time. Well, and he's a defensive guy, so that takes even more guts for defensive coaches to go for it. it they're just not known for gambling like that. So credit to him. We got picks coming up here later on 
But, uh, man, that ACU at Central Arkansas game, that is another prime game in the United Athletic Conference. The UAC is here this week, and it's here with a bay. It really is. Third game to watch this week that we're going to preview. Oh, boy, Riley. Am I going to be at another good one? I, I have not chosen a bad game yet. And I don't think I have this week. Number 23, St. Thomas at number 13, Texas Wesleyan. That one is noon Saturday at Crowley ISD Multipurpose Stadium in Fort Worth. A beautiful facility. Uh, And the Rams come in here after a game against Oklahoma Panhandle State that OPSU gave them a lot more than I thought maybe they expected. Uh, when I was talking to Coach Prudholm earlier this week, uh, he he said, you know, that, that OPSU is a pretty solid team, and they did some things, uh, slowed the ball down, slowed the game down, right? And it, it really sounded like last week for the Rams was a preview of this week because number 23, St. Thomas, they may come in with a record that doesn't look good, But let me tell you, this St. Thomas team is good. And they're not afraid to go on the road. They've already been to Montana. Now they're coming to Texas. And they're in Florida, for crying out loud. So they they are traveling. They're not afraid. They're not afraid of the competition. They're going to come in ready. Texas Wesleyan's also ready, because especially having played Ottawa earlier this year. Another interesting dynamic about this, Riley. Both teams last year were left out of the playoffs and both of them felt they were snubbed and so the coaches said the well then why don't we play each other and find out who the best of the snubbed teams were last year and they they kind of laughed it. that's how this game that then this game came about here so i i am i think saint thomas i'm going to give you a key to this one and i'll I'll let you go saint thomas is going they're big they're big up front. Yeah. They're going to try to wear on the Rams. They're going to try to wear them down. Texas Wesleyan's not big, but they have a speed advantage. It is an intriguing matchup on Saturday. It really is. And to your point there about St. Thomas, I mean, they're one and two, but, you know, their last two games, they lost by one point and they lost by three points. And, you know, Stetson is obviously not an NAIA team, right? Stetson is a, is a team there at the FCS level, right, and, and you know, Carroll, number 15, you go all the way to Montana, uh, and that's a tough trip to make. This is a St. Thomas team that is battle-tested, is my point. They played some good teams. They're going to be upset about those two losses, right, because, you know, they felt like those were games they definitely could have won. You make one extra play here, you, you kick a field goal there, and you, and you come out the winner in that one. So that's going to be an interesting uh, kind of dynamic there. But the really interesting thing for me is, is the running backs, right? Because we know how good Ernest Cesar is uh, there for Texas Wesleyan. And, you know, he's uh, been dynamic the last couple of years for that entire offense. But they're balanced, too, Texas Wesleyan is. I, I feel like they have the, the passing attack to kind of offset the run game, and that helps. Uh, St. Thomas has a, a very good rushing attack of their own. And so I think you're going to see – this game uh, decided a lot by by the running backs that that suit up for both those teams and uh, how they're able to to use that to their advantage, knowing that both defenses are going to be very well prepared for a, a you know run run defense kind of kind of game you know and and being prepared for the pass at the same time. I'm looking forward to a huge huge clash, but I think Texas Wesleyan has something that 
maybe no other team in the NAIA has. And that is a punter that has, and, and just going to go ahead and say it. It's a punter that we're probably going to see in the NFL on Sundays. They they have yeah. that at Texas Wesley. Yeah. His name yeah. is Daniel Trejo. Uh, watch next week. There's going to be a whole profile on him on texasfootball.com. You don't want to miss it. This guy was punting at the University of Texas last year, walked on to University of Texas, had a scholarship at Texas Wesley. said, but I want to go. I want to go try to play D1. Walked on and won the starting job at Texas. That's so hard to do. And, and having a guy like that and what he brings, the focus, the energy, the passion, the work ethic, to have a punter showing people how to do that, it's it's a weapon that in a game like this could be oh, the yeah. difference between the win and the loss. Special teams are, are underrated, especially in games like this. And you talk about those little things, so much of that is, is found in that facet of the game on special teams. And a lot of coaches will tell you that. It's not something that a lot of fans are going to be talking about, but the special teams, it, it can play a very big role. And, and you know, a punting unit like that, um, and the guy who who is as talented as he is uh, could be a real advantage for for Texas Wesleyan in this one. I, I think so. But we'll get to our picks here in just a second, Riley. We're going to go back and look at last week. And doggone it, Riley, we got worse. We we got – this was our worst week. And, again, we tied. We're four and five. You, I have a feeling, Riley, people are thinking that we're doing this on purpose absolutely not no no not at all <laughs> absolutely not we're both 16 and 11 on the year which by the way is a really poor percentage <laughs> yeah i mean and honestly i've never been very good at picking games it, it's it's funny though you know because uh we we pick differently right but we end up with the same record almost every week actually we have every single week yes we end up with the same record despite picking different teams in different games it's just kind of been the way it's played out we, we just can't quite get all on the same page with this here. It's been been hilarious. And, hey, if you're listening and you're keeping track, keep track of, of who you pick in these games this week. Compare. If you do better, man, let us know because uh, we need to talk to somebody who knows what the heck they're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, definitely do that. Yeah. All right, the game of the week. We start there. Austin P at SFA. Uh, Riley, since we tied again, do you want to go first or second this week? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go first on this one. Um, you know, I, I like SFA a lot. I think they're they're a very good team. I think they're at the level that we expect them to be or perhaps even better. Uh, I've liked what I've seen, especially the last two weeks from them. And with that said, I think Austin Peay, uh, just with their RPO and their offense and, and what they're able to do with the experience there and all the playmakers they have, they're so balanced when it comes to throwing the football um, I think that's going to be a little bit too much, uh, and I think Austin P pulls this one out in a close, close game. I don't think it's going to be a side by double digits, but I think Austin P finds a way to win on the road. All right, most people are going to agree with you. Massey ratings agrees with you. Says Austin P by four. Right? I'm not going to agree with you because I have bought in to this Lumberjacks team this year, and I know. That if this is a battle that's close and it comes down to some coaching, I'm taking my man Colby Carthel every time. There's no way I go against the Lumberjacks at home this weekend. I'm taking SFA. We're starting out right there 
we go into the next big game this week, Abilene Christian at Central Arkansas, and it's my turn to go first. Look, Central Arkansas, here's what I know. You beat Texas College 70-3. to Congratulations. All right? You've done – what else have you done? Abilene Christian, I've watched you. I've seen you. You played the number nine team in the country. You You gave them fits. Central Arkansas is getting a focused, an angry, a determined Abilene Christian team. And this time, that one-score contest goes the way of the Wildcats. Give me ACU. Yeah, and, and you know, Central Arkansas, obviously, those two losses coming to two powers in, in you know, Oklahoma State and North Dakota State. Uh, they played top-level competition this season. But, yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm going to take ACU in this one. I think they find a way to get it done. For as much as I say about the defense and their struggles, I think the defense is going to be able to make some plays this weekend. I would pay attention to them. And, yeah, I think the offense uh, definitely has some some things going the right direction. So so give me ACU in this. It doesn't get easier this week, by the way, in these next games. Now we've got St. Thomas, Texas Wesleyan, two teams ranked in the top 25 in NAIA. Who you got, Riley? You know, this is going to be another close one. I, I'm really looking forward to tuning into this one, seeing how it plays out. Um, you know, Texas Wesleyan is at home. They're 3-0, and and I think they become 4-0. Uh, by the time this game is over on Saturday, it's going to be a t- it's going to be a very, very competitive matchup. Uh, if you're in that that Fort Worth area, you should make sure to, uh, to attend that one in person. You won't be disappointed, but give me Texas Wesleyan to, to pull it out by seven. Hey, and if you're there, I'm going to be on the sideline before the game and likely most of the second half. Come hit me up. Come find me. Say hello. I'd love to meet you and say hello to you there. Uh, it's going to be uh, – look, it's like $15 to get in, Riley. You're going to get your money's worth in this game against For St. Sure. Thomas. What worries sure. me, though, is St. Thomas' ability to run the ball. If they can control that clock and they can shorten that game – Texas Wesleyan's in trouble. But the Rams played a team last week, OPSU, that knew how to shorten the game. They figured it out. They figured out a lot of things about them. That game is the reason why I'm going with the Rams this week. Uh, I think that they are going to, if now at this, they're going to hit a point there after this week, Riley. It's going to be focused on can you maintain and, and, win out and keep your playoff spot without having any of those hiccups that you can have sometimes when you're not used to this success. Right. Right. That that's going to be the key. All right. Again, doesn't get any easier. We got Prairie View A&M at Alcorn, a big, big game in the SWAC West. Riley, the Panthers had a tough time last week against SMU. I don't think they, I don't think they cared. I don't like that's a money game. I'm not going to say they didn't try. I'm not going to say they didn't game plan. I'm going to say, I think there was some split focus on the Alcorn. Um, but man, when you go to Lorman, Mississippi, it's hard. It's hard to win there. This is a rivalry. Alcorn fans are going to show up there. The Braves are going to be ready to go. I'm going to go with Alcorn in this one, man. I I don't like it. I don't like my pick, um, but I I just think I'm going to go with Alcorn on this one. 
Well, I can't say that I, I, I disagree with you because I think it, you're, you're totally right. And and really, this is a type of game where I think home field advantage can be a, a big bigger factor uh, than maybe it is in some of these other games. With that said, I, I really have liked what I've seen from, from Purdue A&M's offense. I think they're balanced. I think they are able to find a way uh, to, to kind of, you know, make, make some plays, extend some drives maybe uh, because they aren't so one-dimensional in, in a lot of respects. I think that's going to serve them well. I think they're going to find a way to pull out a massive road win. I don't think it's going to be by much, but but give me Prairie View A&M in this one. Oh, you're taking the Prairie View on this one. All righty. We're, All we're right. differing on that one. That's two different so far out of four. Oh, boy, Riley, this next one. <laughs> West Texas, A&M, heading out to play UT Permian Basin, a Falcons team that in their two wins have scored a combined, a total in two wins of 180, 196 points, 186 points, somewhere around. It's a lot of stinking points, 192, 182. It's a lot of dang points. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot lot of points. They put up 96 on Texas Wesleyan. They put up 86. So now I answered my own question. I can't do math. That's why I cover football. Oh, uh, but yes, they beat they beat a okay. We get it. You beat Texas College ninety six to nothing. But to go out there on the road and take care of a a decent that's not a decent that, that's not a bad Southwest Baptist team. Mm. Eighty six points on a D two team, a D two team that this week gets Tarleton. By the way. Just so if anyone out there wants to pay attention to that one. This game has got West Texas A&M scared because if there's one thing they don't do, it's score a lot of points, Riley. Yeah, and that's going to be a a big deal because, you know, the key, I think, for West Texas A&M is is by keeping the score low and and finding a way to kind of just, you know, put enough points on the board, but it's really focused on the defense, right? They, they have an outstanding defense from what we've seen the last couple of weeks. You know, when I look at this matchup, though, to, to me, I think UT Permian Basin uh, has proved, you know, they proved me wrong a little bit. I, I didn't expect this much from them. And you can say what you want about the type of competition they've played, but, but the results are there. When you actually sit down and watch them play, you can see how cohesive of a group they are on both sides of the ball. I think that's going to be uh, the, the difference for them. I think they're going to find a way to pull out a big win. This seems to be the dark horse team in the in the uh, you know in the LSC this season, and people are going to want to be paying attention to them for the next couple of weeks. They they are they have caught the attention of teams around the conference, uh, and rightfully so because that offense is something else. West Texas A and M has a tremendous defense, though Riley. They gave they shut out Midwestern State for the first time in 27 years. Bill Maskell yeah. had never been shut out in his career at MSU, and he was shut out last week by West Texas A&M. But that was more about Midwestern State and the fact that they need a quarterback and, and things like that. UTPB is going to put up points. I don't think WT with a true freshman quarterback can stay in there. Because uh, I think the Falcons have maybe uh, have a pretty good defense themselves. I'm going UTPB at home, and and I, it's not gonna. I, I'm not saying 80, but I think it's a score that will raise more eyebrows. To be honest with you, it's a bold prediction there, but yeah, I I would agree with you. I think it'll be 
it's going to come down to that that offense versus versus the West Texas A&M defense. That's going to be what people want to be paying attention to. Okay, Riley, I'm a sick person. I, I want you to know that I have a sickness. It is a bad sickness because at noon on Saturday, I'm going to be in, in Crowley ISD Stadium for St. Thomas, Texas Wesleyan. And at 7 o'clock Saturday night, I'm going to be back at Memorial Stadium in Wichita Falls, Texas. I got a doubleheader going with <laughs> Eastern New Mexico at Midwestern State. Oh, boy. 7 o'clock. It is Eastern New Mexico has three wins. Uh, they played a good Western Oregon team. That was a, a good come-from-behind mm-hmm. win. MSU has a good defense. That defense against West Texas A&M got put in twice. The punting team, the special teams, put them down inside their own 20. It's hard to win that way. Yeah. So the defense is – but special teams is a problem for MSU. You know what else is a problem? Offense. And and I don't don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's quarterback. I know I'm going to be there to watch Saturday to see if I can figure out some of this as well. What I do know is Eastern New Mexico has a triple option. They give MSU fits. They always have Kelly Lee comes into Wichita Falls. He leaves with a victory. I'm taking the Greyhounds. I am as well. Um, you just just in short, I I really like uh, those those run first type of offenses. You know, the triple option to me. Uh, is underutilized by a lot of teams because I think it, it's one of those it, – it, it chews up clock, right? It, it allows you to keep possession and doesn't give the other team very many possessions. But at the same time, it just wears down the opposing defense. You're running the ball at them every single play, and especially that front seven uh, for MSU, I think is going to have some challenges in the second half. I think that is where Eastern New Mexico finds a way to pull it out and pull away uh, in this one. I I will say that I like the triple option as well, Uh, but it's got to be utilized properly. You've got to have the personnel for it. And that also means you can't have you. If you've got a team full of dynamic athletes, you probably want to run a more wide open spread offense. Right. You know, if I had a team, but if, if I've got a team that might be a little lighter on the talent end, which it's hard to get people to Portales. I don't know if you've been there, it's not a lot. There's there's like four restaurants in Portales. There's not a lot to do. It's hard to get people there. That's why that that's why Kelly Lee has been so good. That's what Josh Lynn at West Texas AM just tells you. He ran triple option at EM at, at Eastern New Mexico, ENMU. Now he runs more of a I, I've heard it's more of a 60-40 run pass split, but he wants to get to 50-50 because he can get the players at West Texas AM for that. That's my my spiel on that. That I don't know why we needed it, but we did today. So <laughs> there, there we go. That's I love. Look, if I'm if I'm coaching a team and I know if I'm playing a video game and I know that uh, I got a team that's more talented than me, I'm trying to run some sort of triple option and, right. and wear yeah. down that clock. It's just what I do. Right, right. Well, that's the way to go. Anyway, we move on, and here's a game that is sneaky on the schedule and we could sit here and, but, but this, I don't want to say there's nothing bad about what Austin college is doing right now. Riley Austin college is going up to play crown Minnesota and Tony Joe white 
has this team competitive. The rules have been close. I, I just, he is such a good coach. How do you see this one coming out? Yeah, I, you know, Austin College is a team and that, that I really think uh, was going to be in for a big year this season. I still think that's a very, uh, very good possibility considering where they were last year to where they are now. And I've only seen them a little bit. I've been impressed with what he has brought to the program, with what Tony Joe White has done there. He had a lot of success at Birmingham Southern. He has transferred some of that knowledge and, and kind of his background and experience uh, leading a Division three team to the top of a conference. I think he's going to do the same with Austin College and the SCAC during the ASC for this season. Uh, you know, Crown is is winless as well. One of these two teams is going to leave Minnesota uh, with their first win of the year. To me, it's going to be Austin College. I think they, they're they ready for that breakthrough game. They looked good against Rhodes uh, last weekend, uh, you know, lost by two points, but their defense looked sharp. Uh, he is a guy who who knows how to coach defense as well as uh, has a strong rushing attack. I think Austin College pulls out the win here. Look, I, I am rooting for Tony Joe White to uh, to do well there with the Kangaroos, if for any other reason, because I love the mascot. I love I love Ruse. I love Kangaroos. Every time I type it, I get a smile on my face. Um, but he's told me to it's going to be a couple of years. It's going to take him some time. Yeah. But he's getting his first win at Austin College this week, man. I, <laughs> Crown Minnesota, I don't think they're ready for what's coming. I think Austin College wins this one. It, it probably won't be easy. It probably won't be by two scores because I think it. that's just the fact they, they haven't won a lot. So it's going right. to be close. It's going to be tough. But I think they pull that out as well. We're both on Austin College this week. We moved down to another one that – could be sneaky good. I think some teams have some people have blown it off. Harden Simmons at Endicott. The Cowboys are traveling to Massachusetts. You talk about road warriors, they're not afraid to go on the road. And this week they head to Massachusetts after a bye week, Riley. And so look, Harden Simmons is on a mission. That mission is to win the ASC this year. Whether they should or not, they see a chance. They have seen a little bit of a, a bit of a nick in the armor of the crew. And they think that they've got a team that's more experienced. They've got some of those super seniors. I think they handle their business this week against Endicott and bring home another, another W that some people across the country will go, whoa, that team's not bad. Yeah, every week uh, I'm on the d3football.com uh, around the nation kind of panel. Uh, we pick games and, and, and answer different questions on the week ahead. One of those is game of the week. And this is definitely on my list of, of a game of the week that I think people need to be paying attention to. Endicott looked really good against Ithaca, which is a Division three power, uh, and, and almost pulled off an upset there. Harden-Simmons, we know what they've done up to this point. To me, the Cowboys are, are a lot better than I think a lot of people expected they would be. I don't know how many people expected they would beat Wisconsin lacrosse, and they found a way to do that. I think they found a way to get this win up in the Northeast uh, and pull out another pretty impressive win that elevates them in the in the top 25 rankings. Man, we're both on Harden-Simmons this week. And I have a feeling after this ninth and final game that we pick, and again, yes, there's nine games this week, 
that uh, we're going to have a chance. We'll see, but I think we're going to have a chance to remain tied after this week as well. We're head down to the junior college, and there was a plethora of games to choose from down there this week. You've got Cisco traveling to take Trinity Valley. Trinity Valley lost to Tyler last week. You've got Blinn taking on New Mexico Military Institute. We know how good Nimi is and how they've been. No, no, no. Bulldogs and Rangers, man. Navarro at Kilgore in Longview. This game, this game could be just an absolute bloodbath, Riley. Yeah. It's going to be physical. (laughs) Undoubtedly. How do you see, how do you see this one happen? Turn it out. I mean, this is one of those games that I think it's, it's such a toss up, right? Because both of these teams, I mean, you mentioned it. They're, they're so physical. They're they're tough, especially up front. I mean, the, the battle between the offensive and defensive lines is going to be really, really important to both teams' success. Uh, you know, Kilgore to me, I think, has a little bit of the upper hand here. I'm going to take Kilgore to win this one, but not by much. I think we're going to see this game come right down to the wire. People will be entertained out there at that one because it's going to be it's going to be an absolute battle between these two. Gilgore went on the road and they beat Nimi last week and they did it impressively. But they also beat Tyler to open the season and they did it impressively. Normally I see Kilgore, they've been up and down at times. You know, Willie Gooden's teams have been maybe not quite at their peak every single week, but through three weeks this year, the Rangers haven't faltered. Yeah. This this could be the week. This could very well be the week because Navarro comes in angry, having lost uh, to Nimi a couple weeks ago. They've had time to prepare for Kilgore. They always give them fits. But the Rangers are a different level, man. This team, I, I honestly think this team is a real true contender for a national title this year or at least appearance in the national championship game. I'm going Rangers. Uh, we're both on that one. The the two to watch this week for us, Riley, it's going to be Austin PSFA and yep. uh, Alcorn and Prairie View. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that one turns out, man. It's going to be another great week. It will, man. Can't wait to see all this, how all these play out. There's going to be a lot of exciting ones, and uh, hopefully some of these Texas teams uh, find a way to – pull out some big victories. There's going to be some, some excellent contests here around the state. And look, I, I like the state of Texas. I just, you know, pick against them every now and then, but I don't <laughs> mean to guys because I love you. Riley, thank you so much, man. It is so awesome to have you on here uh, co-hosting this. It is great. And thank you to everyone listening. Without yep. you, none of this is possible. So please like, share, and subscribe. Find us on whatever platform you choose. We're going to return next week with another episode where we're going to preview week five, week five games next week. For Riley Zayas, I'm Corey Hogue. Thank you so much for joining us. Until we meet again, stay safe.